Welcome to a new episode of Good Morning Camera. Anthony, it's our 50th episode. <laughs> yeah. We've been doing this 50 times. We've done we've done it. We've done it 50 times. <laughs> happy happy episode 50, but also Gadgen. Happy birthday to me. It's uh it's today's the day. Wait. Wait, is today the day? Today we're celebrating fifty episodes, and we're celebrating your birthday. I don't yeah. care that it's nine thirty in the morning. Let's get a drink. Let's <laughs> let's celebrate from morning till night. But yeah. first, we're gonna talk about a bunch of stuff because we haven't spoken in a little while, and there's been like it's like they know when we're on a little bit of a hiatus, like a mini one week hiatus. And these camera companies, they all come out like, "Cool, we got like seventeen announcements. We gotta." Whittle it down to just the three things. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the brand new Blackmagic camera that just got announced. A few of them, but we're going to only focus on one. We're going to talk about the Fujifilm GFX 102, which I knew beforehand, but I couldn't talk to you. I, NDAs, man. I couldn't say anything to you, <laughs> but now we can talk about it. And, and what we want to start off with, probably the one that I'm most excited about, is the I... Nikon ZF. Anthony, tell me, what is this ZF? Yeah, I totally couldn't agree more. This is probably uh, one of the more exciting things that uh, were, was announced uh, in the last little while here. I think if you're a fan of the X-Pro cameras or the X100V uh, from Fujifilm, this is something you you essentially have to look into. Uh, this is a retro-inspired Z camera body priced at $26.99 for the body only. Uh, this has the same processor as the Z9, Z8. It's a 24 megapixel camera. It shoots 4K, but it's oversampled from 6K. And, and uh, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't really necessarily expect something like that in this like retro style camera because if this came from any other brand they'd say like oh this is a photo only camera but nikon just absolutely beefed up the video specs uh you can shoot uh 10-bit h.265 n-log and hlg internally which is actually kind of crazy for a camera like in this kind of style you get two hours of continuous recording and ibis uh, in this body as well uh, you do have waveforms i thought that was an interesting little kind of add-in in there because like at this price point who's who's throwing in waveforms other than like panasonic right so this i is love coming... those waves anthony you know this about me i love <laughs> those waves what else i know i know you do i know you do uh this camera also uh seems to have a significantly higher like better build quality than the ZFC uh, that was released in 2021. And I think uh, Nikon really listened to a lot of people, uh, their comments and concerns on YouTube talking about the body like design and, and just the build quality of that ZFC. They really took it to another level here. Uh, here's a weird feature for photography. This camera has an SD card slot and a micro SD card slot. <laughs> so, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. I missed the memo on that micro SD. Really? What? 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 <laughs> you didn't hear that? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, I saw the announcement. I was like, "What the heck is that?" But like, it. I don't know. Like, I. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, Gadget. Like, what do you think? Like, was this like something just thrown in there last minute? Like, wait, this is a full frame camera. We need two card slots. Oh, oh, we put the SD card in there. Let's just oh, just shove an, a micro SD card in there. You, you can tell that we, we try to keep this as live and as spontaneous as possible because now my mind is just turning like, what what's going on? I'm not even looking at other videos. I'm looking at like, okay, how could you use this thing? Okay, 
Can I, let's take a step back. Let me take a step back because I'm, I'm just excited. Number yeah. one, Nikon has been doing a great job of just slowly building out their lineup, refining their product, and just cramming in as much as they can. And, you know, they really seem to excel at their enthusiast to professional tools in their lineup. Like, I, mm. I, I think that there's a bit of a struggle in their entry level you know, solutions that they offer. I don't think they're leading the pack there. But when I look at Z6 Mark II, Z7 Mark II, the, the ZF now, right? The Z9, of course. Like these products have so much value built into them yeah. that it, it kind of makes for a great hybrid solution for just about any kind of cradle. Like between those four products, you're going to find something that, that can get the job done. What mm-hmm. I love about this unlike the ZFC, is Nikon decided to lean into their heritage, lean into their their classic styling, lean into their history, and create something that is about the user experience first, that it feels nostalgic, that it looks really good, that that if this is sitting on your desk, you want to pick it up, you want to touch it, that if you're Mm -hmm. talking to other creatives or just, you know, maybe a model, maybe a stranger on the street, they look at it and they're like, it kind of sparks a bit of interest and intrigue and conversation. I love that. I, I'm so excited that, you know, it's not just Fuji or just Leica that are going down this route or have been down this route, right? Like, like we finally have a viable third option here. So I'm excited for that. Number two, the fact that they actually put in a ton of these great features and like a lot of features that most cameras don't have, like you said, waveforms, but like just these competitive video recording options, right? Just to be able yep. to throw in their latest autofocus and 3D tracking technology, right? This is fantastic because you have something that will cater to people that really put a value on something that looks and feels great, has that retro styling, but they don't want to compromise. They don't want to compromise on the advanced video functionality or even advanced photo functionality that modern cameras offer. This is crazy good. Like I'm thinking about the the street photographer, the travel photographer, the just really any kind of photographer that's creating on a regular basis but also wants to experiment with video, right? Like if you are someone that your bread and butter is photography, I would venture to argue that this kind of camera this design sparks your interest, but the fact that you can use this to create great reels, to create great short form content, to create your next great YouTube video, or just simply to document video across your adventures, like you have something here that's gonna get the job done. Now let's get to that micro SD port. I can't <laughs> confirm nor deny this. You're telling me this, okay? I can't confirm nor deny this, but I'm gonna, let's just say you're right, Anthony. Let's just say that you are right, and this camera has a micro SD card slot. <laughs> I, I, you know, it comes down to, <clears throat> excuse me, comes down to really the read speeds and how quickly you can transfer information. But, you know, even to have this as a small backup that is backing up the JPEG files where you're using Nikon's built-in color profiles and customizing them to create a look in the camera. And you just have this micro SD that is saving JPEGs of what you're shooting. I mean, I think that's really cool. I would much rather cameras adopt this, uh, what Hasselblad and Leica are doing, where cameras come with built-in storage, and then you can put one more card. But this is a close second, you know what I mean? It kind of stinks that it's two different kinds of cards. Uh, But again, like the fact that they're giving you this, 
allegedly, according to you, uh, <laughs> this is great. This is great. So I guess my next question, and I kind of led into it, but like, like, who do you think should be most excited about this camera? Yeah, I definitely think uh, what you said is probably bang on uh, the street photographer, the some the somebody who is essentially kind of just creating content on a regular basis for a multiple multiple areas such as Instagram or I think even just like the the general enthusiasts. Uh, this is this is the magic of Fujifilm. You know, you want to actually pick up the those cameras, and it becomes a little bit of a conversation piece. I walk down the street with like an X-Pro camera and uh, people ask me all the time, oh, is that a film camera? Oh, no, it's not a film camera, but you start a conversation about the camera itself. And I think this is one of those cameras that is going to spark a conversation. Here's the thing, Gadget. I hope Canon responds with something like a mirrorless AE-1. <laughs> I, it's never going to happen. I Gadget's like freaking out behind the camera here. I, you know, it's I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm trying not to be rude and cut you off, but that, like that's the theme <laughs> of our show is me just rudely interrupting you when you when you trigger me. Look, uh, I no, love no, Canon. No. I love what they're doing. We got friends at Canon. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do this. They don't have the audacity. To do something like this, Anthony. <laughs> Imagine, um, so can if you haven't seen Canon's very first camera, it's called the Quanon camera, K-W-A-N-O-N, the Quanon camera. This is their very first camera that they ever produced. But imagine if they made that in like a mirrorless body. It would never happen. I totally agree, Gadget. I hear what you're saying. What? But. what why are we even talking about this? Why, why are you giving me any kind of false hope? Why are you? It'd be no, so sick. Anthony, I refuse. I refuse. So I would like sick. to use after 50 episodes. I'm never using it. I'm using my veto power for us to move on. And you tell me, yeah. just tell me, who do you think should be most? Because again, you're looking at roughly 2,700 Canadian for this camera. You know, just just to get it into it with a little kit lens, right? Like who you think should be like, yes, this is what I want this holiday season. Yeah, honestly, this is this is going to appeal to so many different types of creators. Uh, it's like maybe even the like the person trying to get into vlogging who just wants to like a good good kind of camera to get started with, but like also wants that vintage kind of uh, look to their camera as well. You you said it uh, yourself. You know, there's so many different types of creators that are are going to be interested in this, but Gadget. Here, let's transition over to a, a to another topic that is very niche. I think it's super niche, but I think might be the gateway into, you know, just a whole other kind of platform. Uh, and that is the Fujifilm topic that we've got. Uh, have, we have to discuss the new GFX 100 Mark II. That's that a hard pivot, out. Anthony. You just want me to stop talking about this Nikon. Like, they didn't pay for any ad spot. You're like, we're done talking about them. No, 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 can can I, I add one thing about the Nikon? Can I add one yeah, thing? Yeah, just go for one it. thing. Because I, I, we got to talk about this GFX. But I think the next hurdle for them like, oh, here's the thing, Nikon in general, from my perspective, they're doing a great job and doing the priorities right, where they're really building out a great lineup of products. Marketing, I think they can do a much better job of marketing their products, uh, especially compared to their competitors. But the, another hurdle I would like to present to them, or, or not present, but like I think they even know it, is the lens lineup now. 
Like they really got to offer yeah. some smaller, interesting, unique lens solutions. Uh, maybe even some smaller premium lens solutions that kind of lean in. I'd like to see them do more of that. But hey, enough. They didn't pay for anything. So we're going to move on to the next topic. <laughs> you want to talk about, hey, the Mac Daddy. GFX. Right? Yeah, the GFX. And you actually got hands on. I encourage everybody to go watch, you know, the Henry's camera YouTube channel. The gadget did a posted a great video uh, about this camera and kind of talking about this. But gadget, I'm super curious to see or uh, to hear your thoughts on this camera. Uh, can you just like tell us, tell us, a, give us a good overview uh, of the GFX 100 Mark II? Yeah, so the GFX 102 is a brand new medium format camera from Fujifilm. And it is pretty much if Fujifilm decided what is the best digital imaging solution we can make, it would be this camera. You have a brand new medium format sensor, which is still 102 megapixels, but it gives you more dynamic range than the predecessor. They're saying up to 30% more dynamic range, right? Where your base ISO now starts at 80. If you are a commercial photographer, a professional photographer, this, this camera is targeting you for those people that are creating for work. Now, look, even if you're not creating for work and you're just an enthusiast and you got the money to spend, maybe you don't even have the money to spend. Maybe you got a credit card to spend. Like this is still a camera that will pique your interest, right? Mm -hmm. They are putting everything they can into making this a great imaging solution where they've improved the read speeds. They threw in the new X processor 5 that they introduced last year to really just give you better read speeds, faster burst shooting with this, um, a brand new film simulation, Riala Ace, which I, I don't know, I'm trying not to have that sort of new camera feel to it, but it, it really feels probably like the best starting point in terms of film simulations. If you want a great result in camera that's color-based, Riala Ace, it gives you just enough contrast without feeling too uh, too contrasty, I guess, for the lack of a better word. And the colors feel a little bit more neutral, a little bit more reserved. They're not so punchy, right? They're not so uh, red and magenta in the skin, especially. Mm. This is just something that I didn't expect this camera to introduce. But like, let's also talk about the video features. I Look, there's so much to cover here. But video features, <laughs> right? Like 8K video, 4K video, 5.8K video, if you want like a really good format that gives you a good readout speed with not too much rolling shutter. They've thrown everything they can and they've introduced waveforms here and vector scopes here and uh, anamorphic Promista lens and, and Super 35 lens support where in camera you can monitor this, monitor these lenses a lot better. Um, there's just so much going on that it quite simply is at least if you're asking me, the best imaging tool, if you had to like find a way, like there's always gonna be a best for each person, right? But like, let's just ignore the rules a little bit. If we just wanna say, what's the best imaging solution you can invest in right now? Like this is on the short list, right? This is on the short list. And I gotta tell you, like the design changes that they made where they angled the top so it's like just a little bit easier to see everything, the grip, the new wrap, it just feels like a great tool to use. And that new viewfinder with 9.44 million dots, that OLED viewfinder, it's just a joy to look through, right? And like, mm -hmm. you know, having an ethernet port and just having faster wireless connectivity, like it's just, they've really improved every single item they could on this thing. And, you know, for, for it, like, like, let me just say, like hats off to them, hats off to them. I, but I got, I'm curious, <laughs> like when you saw this announcement, what did you think? 
Yeah, I, I actually read about the the camera and then went to Heartland the next day and Jerry, uh, the Fujifilm rep, and you, some people may have seen uh, Jerry on the their Fujifilm YouTube channel. He's part of like the Fuji guys kind of uh, group. Uh, he was there with the GFX uh, 100 Mark II. So uh, I did get to actually see it in, in hands and I can definitely hear what you're saying, uh, talking about the improvements in just the overall body design. One of the things that I kind was most i guess taken back by is that this the just the overall speed of this camera and i'm glad you kind of mentioned that gadget this is like a little it's a little speed demon and it kind of had me kind of imagining situations that i would not necessarily traditionally think you could use a medium format camera for like i was thinking i would love to try and shoot some like high action sports uh or or some kind of like you know like race car event or something like that with a medium format camera and i think that's beginning uh, potentially able you're able to do that with this camera uh, i was super impressed by the quality of the viewfinder and just like you said the overall body design was fantastic but the thing that had me kind of most interested was those action sports even wildlife potentially uh that kind of genre that that had me kind of thinking about it so i was curious uh, as to what you were thinking like who would actually get the most value from a camera like this and and is is this now like potentially a viable option for the action sports wildlife kind of genre yeah look when i'm looking at this thing i think the things that will qualify it is are you creating imagery on a regular basis and often it's being subsidized by your clients by a publication by agencies like if you are earning a living being a photographer this is a camera that you would like put under a list of like, hey, let me look into this. Like, can this bring me more value? I think mm. that this caters, you know, extremely well to filmmakers as well, where it comes in significantly cheaper than a lot of cinema solutions, but gives you the versatility that you would see in cinema bodies that are, you know, considerably more expensive than this, right? Where, you know, the 8K is great, but it is a 1.42 crop. So it's not going to be applicable to all kinds of situations. But if you are just looking for, you know, I would even say 5.8K, where it goes the full width of the sensor, right? And you can now adapt, you know, tons of cinema lenses that you've rent out or just using full frame lenses more efficiently. Like there's so much in here as a video creator that if you are an independent making film and you want to try something that will give you a unique look for what you're creating, Again, this is something I think I would at least research. I don't know if it would be close to the top of the list in terms of what you would get. But going back to the photographer, action, sports, wildlife, it really comes down to your style of shooting. It's not fast like the A9, right? But if you are an intentional photographer where you're not often in burst mode or you're doing short bursts, this is something that can just get you jaw-dropping, jaw jaw-dropping <laughs> results, okay? Uh, that really, again, like, you have to see to believe. And, you know, so there's always going to be an argument, oh, you really can't tell the difference. You can. You can if you're a professional, right? And your viewer might not notice the difference. But if you are looking to just push the envelope and create your best work and you're being paid to do it, this is a camera that is 
that is worth looking into, right? They've, they've just closed the gap on a lot of full frame offerings where, for example, if you're looking at a Canon R5C, right? If you're looking at a Sony A7R5, these resolution monsters, right? Mm-hmm. This camera is, you know, if you're looking at the body only, just marginally bigger than those. The lenses make it noticeably bigger. But being able to compete with those kinds of cameras and give you a result from a sensor that's 70% larger, that can resolve even more detail, that, you know, is capable both in the studio and in the field, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like this sits at the top of the list. I mean, if I was just completely agnostic, right, I was maybe using whatever is the best thing for my work, and I'm looking and I'm ready to switch to just about anybody, right? I would have this on the short list and seriously consider it where mm. it is so capable. It is so versatile. The time that I had it, it was, it was really flawless when I, I did not have any issues when I was using it. You know, I would seriously think that this is something that you would switch platforms for. And mm. this is not even mentioning all the Fujifilm differentiators, right? Like the film simulations and how they allow you to build profiles and interact with your sort of in the camera result fantastic mm. stuff you get all of those benefits as well you know if you are someone that's constantly doing tethered shooting the ability to just you know download those images incredibly quickly and manipulate them and even build quick presets or you know their integration with frame io where you're shooting in a studio and it could be uploading to the cloud live and people can interact and and really work with this like it just caters so much for the the regular professional that I don't know. At least if you're asking me, you'd be you'd be silly not to think about. At least think about when, if and when you are looking to migrate your solution or upgrade your solution. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's some good points there. Um, and this episode kind of has something for everybody, which is why these topics are are so interesting that we're covering. That's you know the a very specific photographer that we were talking about with the GFX camera. But I want to move you over, Gadget, because I think there's going to be some thoughts about this new Blackmagic camera. And I want to tell you all about this because this Blackmagic camera, it's the Blackmagic. 6k g2 <laughs> so, so that in the lineup they have the the original 6k they have the 6k pro and now they've just released the 6k g2 so this is a full frame cinema camera and what people loved about the 6k pro that is that it had built in nd filters they removed the ND filters from this G2 uh, 6K camera. Uh, they kept that tilting screen because they figured, you know, they learned their lesson from Gen 1 and that this camera definitely needed that tilt, uh, tilt uh, the tilting screen. But they put an L mount on this new body. Uh, they also have a CF Express card, USB-C as well. That's available, SSD recording. That's what a lot of people are using these cameras to do. Uh, they also put two Two mini XLR inputs on this camera as well and they got rid of the Canon batteries that people were like complaining all about so now they're using the Sony NP, uh, NPF570 so these are like the batteries that a lot of people are using on their monitors and such but they also they also added open gate and I would I would argue this is probably the feature of 2023 if you're somebody creating uh 
you know, pieces of content across multiple different platforms. OpenGate is the feature to look for. And then Blackmagic has, they're also saying that they've improved the image quality and updated the color science. This one's kind of hard to like determine, you know, there's no like, there's not necessarily a spec that was in this release that was just uh, saying that's the case. But it does look to be the case because the image on this camera is beautiful. And I saw some other people comparing this to the Ursa Mini 12K, which is ridiculous to think about Gadget because this camera, $2,875 Canadian. So I'm curious wow. as a as a filmmaker, you know, what what do you think like when you see this kind of release? Because like I have thoughts. I don't know. I feel like this is going to turn into one of those <laughs> gadget rants. <laughs> okay, look, 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 look. Uh, no one's a bigger fan of open gate three by two recording than you. And I'm glad we have another camera that is capable <laughs> of delivering that. You know, a new full frame sensor, right? That allows you to get more from that sensor. Literally, right? You could just mm. record the entire aspect ratio of that sensor in 6K. And Blackmagic, they have a great UI on their cameras. They've been known to deliver great results. Okay, they say, you know, 13 stops of dynamic range, but unlike other companies that kind of fudge the numbers and mm -hmm. it comes down to 13, like Blackmagic is pretty good at giving you an accurate representation of the dynamic range that you're able to capture. And I don't deny that a camera like this will give you fantastic results. I love the fact that they are really aggressive in their pricing and shake up the market and make these affordable options that independent filmmakers, aspiring filmmakers, or just ambitious YouTube creators can get something like this with these kinds of specs and just level up the, the quality of the footage that they're capturing. Okay, so mm -hmm. let's put that out there first. <laughs> but... Here it is. I, I, I kind of hate it. I kind of hate it. Look, the, the, the design was wow. interesting when it came out with a large display and all this kind of stuff. But you have this display that's not even a 3 by 2 aspect ratio. It's wider. So, okay, cool. Some people might appreciate that. But everyone's been challenging Blackmagic to reinvent their camera design. Create something, and they've done it before, that is more of a box style like the Komodo, like the B. S1H that Panasonic is doing. Just create this sort of brain that is more of a cube that you can build out and rig around a lot easier. This just feels like the, the continuation of their, I would say, unwieldy cinema camera, right? Like it, it was cool when it came out. It was interesting, but it's just so wide. And like, just like, that's the thing that sort of I, I just wonder why do you want to hold on to that design and it just seems like an accounting decision like where it's just like cool we can just take the same body throw some parts in and make it brand new and it's going to save us a lot of money a lot of R&D and all that kind of stuff which is I guess fine for a company their size but I would have loved for them to take their time to take these guts and these settings and these specs and put it into something that is more of a box style that could really compete. I think it would command a higher price, but even if you get to that $3,000 price point, I think there would be a ton of people lining up to invest in something like this, where you have something significantly cheaper than a red Komodo, than a Komodo X, in that similar style that, again, gives you fantastic results. And I just wonder, like, 
is are they not ever going to do it? Are they just reluctant to do it or they can't do it? It just seems strange to me. It just seems strange to me. And look, I might be on a lonely island here. There might just be a minority of, of us complaining about something like this. But that's how I honestly feel, Anthony. I just I just feel like it's a dated design <laughs> that should have been left in 2020. That going into this new year, that they should have been more ambitious with what this camera looks and feels like. I totally hear what you're saying, and I completely agree about the body design. It's probably the, one of the worst designed cameras uh, out there. When we have other cameras like the X-H2S, uh, I think the uh, S5 Mark II and the X uh, version of that camera as well, uh, I was even thinking about like the FX30 uh, is such a more comfortable camera and there the, all of those cameras that i just mentioned are priced around the same as what this camera is but then it comes down it comes back to image quality and i would argue that the image quality out of these black magic cameras is too good for the price uh and i think like if you're willing to sacrifice uh, a couple little things you get a phenomenal uh, camera at a really uh, attractive price point uh, that gives you image quality that is hard to match. And, and when I was thinking about the X-H2S, the FX30, the S5 Mark II, uh, and the X version, uh, I, you would be sacrificing uh, sacrificing image quality going with those models. Uh, there are probably maybe a, a couple other features that people might want, like like for example, autofocus, Blackmagic. They always say when they release these cameras that oh yeah, this this camera also has autofocus, but it's like the most unusable autofocus ever. If you can get past some of these weird little quirks, there's no arguing that the image quality of this camera just uh, it, it 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 destroys just about any of the other cameras that I mentioned here, and I think that's what the indie kind of filmmaker really cares about. And you know, and, it, and it, it's also coming at a really attractive price point. So I hear what you're saying, Gadgen. I agree, uh, but it comes to back to the image quality on these cameras is just it's too damn good. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And again, I'm just. I might be more passionate than most when it comes to this, but hey, I, it's just how I feel. Let's let's not beat a dead horse. Can we just move on to the best part of the show? Can we just move on to the best? Can we get? I want to be. I want to be happy again, Anthony. It's your birthday. It's our fiftieth episode. Let's move on to the best part of the show, which is creator draft picks. Anthony, I give the floor to you. What is your creator draft pick this week? Excellent. Uh, yeah, I love this, uh, this, this time of year because uh, it's the time of the year where Bufferfest uh, actually opens up. And uh, we've been there. They've been uh, essentially accepting submissions for the last little while now. Uh, and I think submissions, I, if I recall correctly, it, I think they, they actually closed uh, at the end of this month here. But tickets are now available to Bufferfest. Uh, and Bufferfest is uh, kind of a partner with us, right? Like we're really close with those people over at Bufferfest. And uh, I enjoy the the Bufferfest, um, just the, the overall event is a really fun event. We got to go to kind of be with them during Fan Expo last year. And 
the 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 speakers that they had during the fan expo presentations were fantastic it's always a great conversation when we're talking to people at buffer fest and i think their platform is very unique because essentially they're highlighting uh the youtube style of creator and it's almost like the the grammys of YouTube, essentially. So I did submit uh, my short film, Follow Your Dreams, uh, to BufferFest this year. So the, my my draft pick is, uh, is, is I guess, BufferFest tickets? Tickets? <laughs> the, the, now that they are available. So I think people should check it out and consider uh, attending this year. Uh, if you do want to check out my short film, you can do that on WeRoseNetwork.com slash movies. Uh, follow your dreams. I'm I'm hoping I get selected this year, Gadget. It'd be really funny to watch everybody else watch Follow Your Dreams. So that's <laughs> my pick. That's Amazing. my pick. Great pick. And I technically a couple of picks, right? Where you can start free. You can just go check this out for free. And not exactly. too expensive. Because if you want to attend the festival, you could pay a little bit of money and attend the festival. Uh I haven't given a ridiculous pick in a while. So I'm gonna give a ridiculous pick right now. I've been saving up. I've been waiting to add new lens to my photography kit, and I finally did it. I finally pulled the trigger, and I got the brand new Leica Summalux 50mm f1.4. Uh, 50mm. It is, a, it is a lens I have a contentious relationship with. I think it's overrated. I think the sort of gospel of like nifty 50, and this is the lens you got to start off with, I think that's uh, BS. I, I'm staunchly against it. That being said... I think there is a purpose for 50, and I think there are times where a 50 excels. And I've always wanted something that wasn't quite telephoto, but could be used for portraits, environmental portraits, and used in tandem when I'm out and traveling, when I have my 28 or my 35 as my main lens, that in my sling or at my hip, I have this second body with another lens. Again, two small camera solutions for the work that I do that I could quickly switch out to and capture a more detailed, intimate portrait with. And they announced a new 50 earlier this year with refined optics that you know really take advantage of these high-resolution sensors that are coming with the cameras like the Leica M11. And just being able to open up to f1.4, where on these Leica lenses, why they command such a high price is that it is a unique optical formula where the, the, the bokeh, the sharpness and contrast, the way it falls off, feels more than an f1.4 it really is a special look and again we can't go down that that's a that's a whole episode so my pick is this leica 50 sumalex f1.4 but it's also to say that there are so many great classic and even vintage 50 millimeter lenses that i think people should look into if you've been a person that has had a 28 as your favorite for your street and documentary work or maybe a 35 the 50 it's, it's kind of becoming underrated, kind of becoming ignored in some aspects for a lot of creatives. I would say pick up a 50 if you haven't in a while and try it out and see what you can get. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Christopher Anderson, a photographer, a photo book we recommended uh, a couple weeks ago. But like, you know, using these, I wouldn't say telephoto, but these tighter focal lengths in these street documentary environmental settings can make for some interesting results. And Christopher Anderson, a fantastic photographer, world-renowned photographer, has amazing results that show you examples of that. So I'm excited about this. It's been fun to test out. I'm really going to put it through its paces in the coming weeks over a couple of trips that I have planned. And I can't wait to report back. But even right now, I'm, I'm super excited, man. So here's that. there's my 
monthly ridiculous pick of <laughs> you know that we do for the show. You know, it's so funny that people always people do come full circle with 50 like you start off with the photography we're like in photography being like oh i gotta get the 50 mil and then you realize that it's not really the best focal length at all but then after a while without shooting a 50 i did the exact same thing gadget you know how much uh we love the 35 millimeter lens but i i right now i only own a 35 and a 50 so i think that is a, a, a it's a funny story but also a great pick too so Anyways, wow. Yeah. Okay. 50th episode, 50, <laughs> 50 millimeter lens, 50th episode. Look at that. It's your birthday. Uh, you're uh, tying it all thank together you so for much. us. Thank you so much, Anthony. <laughs> this has been a great episode. I really liked what this felt like. And I hope you guys listening enjoyed it as well. If you haven't already, please do leave us a review or just share this episode, whether it's on social or with your friends. If you love to geek out over camera and camera news, like that's what this show is about. It's always been about, okay, we can we love the arts we love going out there and creating but let's just create a little pocket for us just to geek out and appreciate all the new toys and technologies that are being announced on a regular basis and that's what this show is about to do so in a fun interesting and usually usually under 30 minutes okay we had a lot <laughs> to talk about this week so as always for the last 50 episodes and maybe even for the next 50 more my name's Gadgen, his name's Anthony, and we'll see you next time.